You could spend the weekend doing the same old whatever, or you could conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. Super Bowl week is here. Finally, the Bengals and the Rams. Let's do it. Welcome into Fantasy Football Today at DFS on Tuesday, February 8th. I am Frank Stanfield, joined as always by Mike McClure and Sienna Jha today on the podcast. We're going to do things a little bit differently. Not a lot of DFS going on yet. We'll save the DFS preview for later in the week, but we've got a whole big betting preview for you today. Player props, novelty props. They've got all kind of crazy things going on over at Caesar Sportsbook. We'll talk about the spread, the total, and give our official game predictions later on in the podcast see it is super bowl week how do you usually watch the game do you got any big plans coming up this weekend if i may you mentioned novelty props and the first thing that pops into my mind is heads or tails and josh allen picks tails just wanted to throw that out there i'm sure he's going to be betting on that side of the coin uh yeah i didn't remember your question all i could think of was josh allen but in terms of i think you might have asked me about how i'm prepping for the super bowl and things of that nature. I got to tell you, we'll go over it in this um, in the next few minutes. You know, a lot of these a lot of these props that we're going to talk about have changed ever so slightly. There is some news coming about coming out about some injured players and whether they're going to play or not, which certainly affects all of these things. But you know, it's time for some fun. Like we we get a, a whole host of props that we wouldn't normally get, and so I'm actually excited to go over them. Heads or tails? I saw this tweet from Todd Furman last night. Obviously, uh, betting gambling genius Todd Furman. Uh, tails is 29 and 26 all time in the Super Bowl. Heads has hit three of the past four, and the coin toss winner has lost seven straight Super Bowls. So we'll talk about heads or tails a little bit later on in the program. Mike, what's going on for you? Uh, what do you got planned for the Super Bowl? You have any kind of crazy watch party going down? What do you got? A lot of Sportsline Early Edge content. We'll be streaming up until the start of the game, possibly throughout the entire game. Uh, Lots of streaming plans, so I'll be doing that. I'll be enjoying some Liquid Death. I had to bring one out for one of these Super Bowl streams. I don't know if you guys follow them on social media or not, but if you do, they are into the sports betting world. With our friends at Caesars, they placed a $50,000 bet as a company on the Cincinnati Bengals and tweeted about it yesterday. And I thought I had to at least bring a liquid death back on the show to honor them getting into the sports betting action and on Caesars. How cool was that? I mean, how are they not the official sponsor of this podcast yet? Right. Like, yeah. I've got to send Mike, all these clips. I got to send all these clips over to our marketing team at CBS and, and see what we could do. Because I mean, this is just, this is a match made in heaven. They're into sports gambling. We're into sports gambling. Obviously DFS, it's a natural crossover. So man, we've got to make some things happen with liquid death and they're on the Bengals. For anyone watching on YouTube right now, youtube.com slash fantasy football today. I've got my Bengals jersey on right now. Number 85. And I'll tell you what, it is not T. Higgins. Formerly Chad Johnson, Chad Ochocinco. So, oh, huge fan, huge fan of Ochocinco growing up. I was, uh, I was all about it. If you haven't already, join our Fantasy Football Today DFS Super Bowl Showdown Contest. It's our biggest one yet. 200 entries over on DraftKings. $5 to enter. The top 20 gets paid out. And Mike is offering up a special prize for those who finish in the top three. What is that, Mike? 
They will be tenacious tigers for the Bengals. Uh, just some NFTs. I'm going to throw them around. I throw them around on Twitter quite often if you follow me over there. But we're going to give a tenacious tiger NFT to the top three finishers in the contest for the Super Bowl. And before we go any further, Mike, I should have hit this at the top. Normally, you're wearing a hat. I have no. I had no idea what your hair looks like, but here you are. No hat on. It's a big week. Obviously, you're on HQ. You're doing a lot of stuff. You got a lot of streams going on. You're making appearances everywhere. It looks great. Look at this guy. No hat today. We'll, can't promise you that for the DFS preview. We might be deep into the data at that point. Might have pulled my hair out a few times <laughs> in certain spots. So uh, the hat might return, but no hat today indeed. All right. So maybe we'll, we'll, we'll swap a little bit. Maybe for the DFS preview, I'll take my hat off and people could see what go. I've got going on. I used to have a bunch of hair under here. You guys probably don't know. I shaved my head recently. So man bun, Whoa. the big mop on top, it's gone. It's gone. It's, it's just a fully shaved head. So it's not really like anything exciting, but who knows? Maybe I'll break it out for, uh, for our DFS preview. So what we're going to do, We've got player props, we've got novelty props, and, and of course, we'll talk about the overall uh, spread and total later on in the podcast. We, we talked about player props last week, so what we're going to do is uh, give you the updated numbers, like what has changed basically since last week, and maybe mention a few things that um, things that have been added that we didn't get to talk about last week. So let's jump right in, and we'll start with the quarterbacks and the passing props. Matthew Stafford was 278.5 last week, Joe Burrow 273.5. Burrow has remained the same over on Caesar Sportsbook. Matthew Stafford up one yard to 279 and a half. I don't think that we really had strong conviction when it comes to either one of these last week, but uh, see, uh, seeing the Stafford number move up a little bit makes me think it could continue to climb, and if that happens, I could be inclined to take the under the closer we get to the, the actual start of the game. Yeah, I mean, I think... I think I'm going to be leaning towards unders mostly. I think, especially on the Rams side, the running game could come into play a little bit more than people think. Uh, with that said, I mean, the, the Rams do like to to throw it a lot. So it's not like they're going to get away from the pass. But the way the Bengals play the, play defense, I see I see kind of a kind of like a softer coverage approach, uh, allow things underneath. And uh, that's why I think you're right. I think I lean towards Stafford unders. And I think that would probably go, and we'll get to Cooper Cup in the receiving core, but I think that might kind of trickle out to some of the receivers as well. All right. Well, the, in terms of passing touchdowns in this game, one and a half is still the number for both. Not really any change there. QB rushing yards, no no change there either. I mean, these are lower lines anyway, so I don't think we're going to get much. But Matthew Stafford is at five and a half. Joe Burrow at 11 and a half. Mike, I don't remember, but uh, how about we remind the audience, did you have a lean either way when it comes to Stafford five and a half rushing, Joe Burrow 11 and a half rushing yards? Yeah, I'm not touching the Stafford one. I know that he has the ability to run, but again, I it kind of comes down to where you're thinking. And when you look at a spread like this, they are the home team in a Super Bowl. I think there's a very legitimate chance that we see some kneel downs at the end of the game. His number is low enough that we're not projecting a ton of rushing volume. So I think that one's a pretty easy stay away. As far as Joe Burrow, though, I do have some interest there. He flashed. He hadn't flashed the ability to run really at all this season until the final few games here. And then now he has really flashed that upside and not even necessarily that upside, but that willingness to do so. Uh, this projects as a spot where he's going to be under stress, right? Um, can he get away from it enough to create? I think that he probably can. So I'm inclined to take the over on Burroughs rushing. Um, 
basically how it's kind of how I look at the game. Frankly, I'll take the under on Stafford stuff. I'm not touching the unders on Burrow, and I would tend to take them over. Uh, I think the most interesting thing, though, on like on the passing side for these two quarterbacks, some of the books out there it looks like they finally gave me what I wanted. I've talked about it a couple times. I would love to be able to bet the over under on passing yards in the first quarter and in the first half. You can do that for the Super Bowl. So that is something that I will have a ton of interest in. And you're interested in going which way on those, Mike? Uh, like with Burrow and them, I'll typically be unders in the first halves and overs in the second and the third quarter, especially. Both of these teams will score some points in the third quarter. Um, I believe Larry Hartstein talked about on the early edge a couple of days ago. These two teams are incredible in terms of offensive efficiency in the third quarter of games coming out of half times. That's when I'll be looking to hit some of these live overs. You read my mind, Mike. I, I remembered Larry making. Uh, mentioning that stat recently on the early edge. And if anyone, you know, look, if you haven't listened to it yet, if you're betting this week, whether it's props or the game, you have to be listening to early edge. I know actually right after we record this, see, you're hopping over there with, with those guys. So uh, for, for another mega preview of the Super Bowl. So yeah, first half, you might be looking at unders for both of these teams. Third quarter, though, could potentially uh, open up a little bit between the Bengals and the Rams here in this spot. Rushing yards for the running backs. Cam Akers, 63 and a half. Hasn't changed the the juice. Uh, ha- has moved a little bit. The over was minus 120 last week. It's now minus 135 for Cam Akers. The under is plus 105. And then Joe Mixon last week was 64 and a half. Now down to 62 and a half rushing yards. So uh, overall, I think that's going to be a common theme that we'll see. Joe Mixon, people are fading him here uh, in this spot. The number is down there. See, we were talking beforehand, and you mentioned Cam Akers, how you like the over on the 63 and a half rushing yards. The problem is, it seems like other people are starting to like it as well. Yeah, and it's it's interesting that it's been juiced up a little bit because we've just heard in the last 24 hours that Daryl Henderson is expected to be active in this game. So if anything, I would have thought it would be at like a plus 100 number or maybe just kick down to 62 and a half instead of 63 and a half. With all of that said, and, and, and I got to admit, there's a little unknown here at this point with Daryl Henderson. I do expect him to be active. I think the bigger question is how much does he cut into Cam Akers uh, rushing attempts, if any, versus let's say Sony Michelle, maybe he doesn't get any carries. I'm not really sure at this point. I just think it's such a good setup and it's a low enough number for Cam Akers against, like you said, we, we talked about it last time we were on. The Bengals are allowing four and a half yards per carry on the year. And, I, and honestly, that that hasn't been, it's actually been worse in the playoffs. And if you look at what Kansas City did to the Bengals, if they had, we had mentioned it before, if they had stuck to the run, they probably win that game when, when they've got that big lead. Jerick McKinnon, Clyde Edwards-Alaire, they averaged 5.4 and 6.0 yards respectively uh, on the Cincinnati Bengals. So I don't see a scenario with a good offensive line for the Rams where they just ignore the run here. I know they're this is a, a passing team, but I think they're going to be able to to run the ball pretty easily here. The, the Cincinnati Bengals, in terms of allowing explosive plays, they do it via the pass, and they do it via the run in terms of allowing those things. So I think Cam Akers is in line for, he doesn't even, to me, he doesn't even have to get, he doesn't have to get to 17 carries necessarily. I think he could get to 14 or 15 carries and potentially get this number, notwithstanding that his efficiency hasn't really been that good. Yeah, 55 rushing yards or less in three straight games for Cam Akers. And it's kind of a wild card situation right now because Sony Michelle, I think, is going to be mixed in there. And then the potential of Daryl Henderson, you know, maybe getting a few uh, carries mm-hmm. as well. I mean, all of those things combined. It's If you have any concern over this, just don't play the over. If anything, lean towards the under. It's like if you have any bad feelings about a prop, just, just stay away from it. I think that's just like so a general piece of advice. 
Yeah, Frank, you're you're right. And that's why for this one, you know, typically we don't, and, and Mike preached this last time we were on, we don't want to take overs at the last minute because those overs usually like escalate, you know, as the game approaches. This one, though, I think you can wait on. So I, I don't think I don't think people are going to be just clamoring to bet the Cam Akers over, especially with all those other running backs active. So of all the sort of props I'm giving out, I think this is the one to probably wait on and and hit it once you get a clearer picture on the running back core. All right, Joe Mixon mentioned the number down to 62 and a half rushing yards. Tough matchup for Joe Mixon. The Rams allow just 3.65 yards per carry to running backs this season. That's postseason and the regular season combined. Third fewest in the NFL. We'll talk about Joe Mixon a little bit more in just a little bit. Mike, I know you mentioned last week the possibility of betting Jamar Chase rushing yards. So they have added that to Caesar Sportsbook. They actually added both Jamar Chase and Cooper Cup. So Chase is three and a half rushing yards is the number there. Minus 125 to the over. He's been a little bit more involved getting carries throughout the course of the playoffs. Cooper Cup, 0.5 rushing yards is the line there. And it's minus 320 to the under. So not a lot of expectations there. Uh, what do you think, Mike, of Cooper Cup and Jamar Chase, these rushing yards, uh, rushing yard lines? Uh, I honestly like both of them. I like the overs on both of them. I think that Jamar Chase is definitely going to touch the football like that, especially we, we talk about the depth issues with CJ Uzama, uh, you know, the injury. I, I think that they're going to find creative ways to put the football in his hands. The issue that we run into is there is a still a very high probability of a minus five yard rush in this game. Uh, when, when they're doing that. But I do think that he sees multiple carries in this game. I think you will see at least two carries in this game. Um, so I do like the over on Jamar Chase. As far as Cup, it's very difficult to project him getting an opportunity. But when you have longer time to prepare for games like this, things get a little more creative. Um, he's, again, the best player maybe on the field in general, but he's certainly their best player, the guy that they want touching the football as much as they possibly can. I will say there's probably more of a reason for the Bengals and Jamar Chase to be in that situation than there is for Cooper Cup. Uh, but the number is low enough that I would likely play the over on both of them. And Cooper Cup, for what it's worth, he did have a carry in the conference championship against the 49ers. The problem is it went for negative two yards. Uh, he's only gone over this number two times in 20 games this year, but those two times have come over the last six games for Cooper Cup. So if you're doing the math here, it's plus 250 for the over. You know, not saying you throw a full unit on it, but, you know, you want to throw a little sprinkle on it at, at that price. I don't I don't think it's crazy. So I'm with you there, Mike. Uh, running back receiving yards. Cam Akers, 15 and a half. No change compared to last week. Joe Mixon, 26 and a half receiving yards has dropped to 25 and a half. And see, I know the over on the receiving yards for Mixon is something that you were on last week. I would assume that you still are based on the the line dropping ever so slightly. Yeah, I'm not really as strong on it as I was last week. This is not a prop I'm betting as of now. And honestly, okay. Mike kind of talked me off of it a little bit. And after Mike sp spoke to us about, you know, Samaj P. Ryan's role, it, I did kind of go back and look. And, and P. Ryan, in turn, okay, so it looks like he's the third down back now. Okay. I mean, I think, I think if you look at the beginning of the season, the middle of the season, Mixon was getting a lot of that third down work. But in terms of the, the, the snap percentage that Samaj P. Ryan has on third down, particularly in the playoffs and late in the season, it's starting to look like he's going to get some of that receiving work. Uh, not that Mixon isn't going to get any catches, but I'm just a little weary of it because I, I do think they try to carve out each and every game. The Bengals have been trying to carve out a role for Samaj P. Ryan, and I could see him stealing some receiving yards from Mixon. All right. Yeah, I've, I've heard that 
on the early edge as well, talking about uh, Samaj P. Ryan potentially being more involved as a receiver in the Super Bowl, which, uh, look, based on how good the pass rush is for the, the Los Angeles Rams, Samaj P. Ryan is a better pass blocker, so I, I think we could see him on the, the field maybe more than we are expecting in this game. Total yards for running backs. Cam Akers is 82.5, slight bump there to 83.5 this week. Joe Mixon, 95.5, and, and I hope you took it when Mike and I did because that number has dropped. Three total yards all the way down to 92.5. Mike, the question is, how far are you willing to take this number? Like, how how far can it go before you're like, nah, that's too low. I don't, I don't want to take the under anymore on Joe Mixon total yards. It's approaching that point. I, based off of my simulations, I would still play it down to 90. Uh, I have this number all the way down to 80 yards. Um, and the reason for that is I'm not giving him much on the ground at all. Uh, I, I don't expect them to have a ton of success. Every I shouldn't say every, but the majority of game scripts lead to them neutral or trailing, uh, which likely eliminates a lot of the run game outside of, you know, an isolated draw play, things like that. But uh, I, I do lean towards the under still. I would probably still play it here. Um, 90s, 90s about the limit. Um, but yeah, I'm definitely leaning that way. This is one that I think is, you know, you're, you're fighting against the public wanting to play Joe Mixon, wanting to play that and certain groups wanting to definitely hit the under on it. So moving three yards down on that is quite significant at this point, because this is the point where props typically tend to go up uh, in a Super Bowl event like this. So this would be probably closer to a six to seven yard movement on like a normal regular season game. Uh, so just keep that in mind when you see some of these movements that are moving down like that, it takes quite a bit, of conviction and some pretty big positions to move these numbers down uh, during Super Bowl week. All right. So even at that 92 and a half number, Joe Mixon has gone under in five of his last eight games, has been involved more recently as a receiver. And CJ Uzama, I, I mean, that was part of the reason why I was worried about it when I took this problem. I was like, look, if Uzama doesn't play, Joe Mixon could, could see a bunch of targets and receptions. Now Uzama's saying that he's going to play. Is he going to see a full complement of snaps and routes? I'm not so sure about that, but if nothing else, it sounds like he's going to be on the field. See, let's take a look at the Rams receiving yards. Cooper Cup, last week, 102.5, now up to 106.5. And we kind of saw this one coming because, obviously, Cooper Cup, one of the most popular players in this game. Odell Beckham, 63.5, no change there. Van Jefferson, 34.5 last week, now down to 30.5 and has slowly been phased out of the offense here for the Los Angeles Rams. So what do you think about these new numbers? Cup, 106.5. Beckham, 93, uh, 63.5, and Van Jefferson, 30.5. Uh, I'm not in love with any of the overs here. I'm honestly, at this point, a little tempted to take, believe it or not, the under on Cooper Cup at 106.5. I just think, I mean, let, let's forget about the number for a second. We Just, just know that the number has gone up a, a pretty significant amount from 102.5 to 106.5. If you are setting the lines. You can't make, if you're a bookmaker, you can't make that number high enough because you know people are going to want to bet the over. And it just yeah. seems like it's like the cup number. And I know he gets there most of the time, but it just seems like that's even more inflated than it normally is. And if you look at the last like four or five games, 
it's it's one of those things where he's getting there, but he's getting there. You know, sometimes he's getting there kind of late in the game, and and you know he only has four or five targets like going into the let's say fourth quarter, and then all of a sudden he explodes. Like I don't know that that quote explosion is going to be needed in this game because the game script I'm following that I'm predicting doesn't necessarily require the Rams to be passing late like they've had to do, for example, against the 49ers. So I just think 106 and a half is too much. I kind of like the under there. Am I going to bet it? Probably not. Uh, Beckham, I'm just staying away from. Van Jefferson, I'm staying away from as well. I think it's a really good point that you bring up just in terms of game flow and correlating your props. So ask yourself, which side of this game are you on? What's the most likely outcome that you think is going to happen? If you think that the Rams run away with this game, then you should not be taking overs on really any of their pass catchers, especially Cooper Cup at this number. But if you think it's a little bit more competitive, maybe even the Bengals playing with a lead, then yeah, that makes sense why you might want to be on Cooper Cup in that spot. Mike, on the other side, the Bengals receiving yards. Jamar Chase last week, 80.5, now down to 78.5. T. Higgins, 69.5 last week, down to 68.5, so drops one yard. Tyler Boyd, 39.5 was the number last week, has moved up one yard to 40.5. Do you have any leans here? Chase, Higgins, Tyler Boyd. It's really tough. I Honestly, I think they're mostly efficient where they're at. Um, the Uzama number would be the one I would have some interest in if it ever gets posted. Uh, if we see anything like that, that's that's one that I would have some pretty big interest in. But uh, you've seen them kind of trickle down, and a lot of it is likely due to Uzama's report potentially being back on the field. Uh, you basically see a couple yards shaded each way. Um, I, much like the the situation, I I want to play the Jamar Chase under. Um, I really do. The issue with it is there's just going to be so much opportunity if they're falling behind in this game, right? Just so many. And the big playability, like he can get there, he can get this number on two catches, right? Pretty easily. We've seen him do it so so many times. So I'm going to elect to not play it, but. I, I do lean under. It's one of those situations I wish I could play live unders in terms of like first quarter, first halves. Um, I would expect the majority of this to come late in the game. Um, but yeah, I can't. Right now, I can't play any of them. Uh, but I am with Sia on the Cooper Cup situation. I, I do want to start to play the under here. On that one, though, I do recommend waiting uh, as long as you possibly can. Uh, mm-hmm. I do not anticipate the this number dropping. Um really at any time. But if it does drop, it'll be super last minute. You might miss out on an additional yard at that point, but you're more likely to get two to three extra yards in your favor. So I would personally wait on it. Um, I think it could close close to 110 in some spots. Yeah, that's exactly what I was thinking. I think if nothing else, we get up to 108, but we could push 110 here. Uh, again, the most popular player in the Super Bowl is Cooper Cup. Mike, you mentioned CJ Uzama and you'd have interest in his lines. What are you looking at? What are you maybe expecting this line to come out at if it does? And uh, what do you want to do with that? Do you want to go over it? Do you want to go under it? What are you thinking with Uzama? Well, the, the answer to that is definitely going to depend on where the line is released. Um, so if the line itself is north of 40, so like say it's 42 and a half, 43, 44. I'll take the under. If it comes out at 30, 32, I'm probably staying away. If it comes out at like 33, 34, then I want to play the over. And that might sound really weird to you. It might sound weird to you that I would stay away at 30 to 32, but I'd play the over at 34. And the reason for that is if I see it all the way down at 30, that tells me I don't think he's going to have much of a role at all. And I'm just going to 
avoid that situation. If it comes out at 34, I think it's a little bit too low, but it's high enough that it tells me that it's not the automatic, that number. Anytime you see a number like that, that's hovering like less than 30 or right at 30, you have to be very, very skeptical in those situations. So, um, look, I, I think that in a normal situation, his yardage in this game would be closer to 48, um, is where I think that the yardage would be. So, I, I want to go under that. I think he'll be limited a little bit, uh, but it really, as far as what I'm playing, if I'm playing anything, it really depends uh, on what kind of number opens up out there because that number is going to tell you what either the books and or the market, which will move the number really quickly, what they think his role truly will be. Yeah, and I think that's really sharp analysis too. So so good on you there, Mike, when it comes to CJ Uzama. See, what do we think about the other side? Sean McVay said it's unlikely that Tyler Higby will practice at all this week, which is not a good indicator for his availability in this game. Kendall Blanton in the conference championship went five receptions for 57 yards. And typically, this is an offense that has used the tight end as you know either the second or third receiver most weeks. So if we see this Blanton number come out in the 30s, I could have some interest in an over there. What do you think about the tight end situation with the Rams? Oh, I agree. If it's somewhere in the low 30s in particular, I'd probably have some interest. I mean, they clearly have confidence in Kendall Blanton. And if they didn't before, they certainly do now with what he did last week. So, uh, you know, it's funny. I think with the Rams tight end situation, you know, if, you, if we think back a couple of years, like, you know, Gerald Everett was the guy and then he'd get injured and it was Higby. And so I, I feel like in that offense, the tight ends are kind of interchangeable as long as they're, you know, basically decent. And Blanton has proved he's decent. So, again, you know, my game script, it, you know, I don't want to say they're not going to pass. They're going to pass a ton. They'll probably pass a little bit more than they rush in this game, or at least it'll be somewhat close to even, even in a positive game script. In fact, I think it's going to be really close to 50-50. But with all that said, it would have to be a pretty low number for Blanton. I think maybe like 30 and a half, 31 and a half, I would be somewhat interested in it. Uh, But it's probably going to be a stay away from me. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, You call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. Robert Half Research indicates 9 out of 10 hiring managers are having difficulty hiring. If you have open roles, chances are you're feeling this too. That's why you need Robert Half. Our specialized recruiting professionals engage with our proprietary AI to connect businesses of all sizes with highly skilled talent in finance and accounting, technology, marketing and creative, legal, and administrative and customer support. At Robert Half, we know talent. Visit roberthalf.com today. Mike, we know from last week that you are interested in the kickers in this game from a DFS perspective. Obviously, the lower salaries on the showdown slate, but we didn't really talk about their field goal props. Matt Gay, one and a half is the number there. Same thing for Evan McPherson, one and a half. It's minus 135 to the over for Matt Gay, and it's minus 130 to the over for Evan McPherson and... Unless I'm missing something here, I, look, I didn't look into the history of like kickers in the Super Bowl, but Matt Gay has gone over this number in nine of last uh, his last eleven games. Zach Mc, uh, Evan McPherson has gone over this number in nine of his last ten, so they look pretty enticing to me. 
Yeah, I like the kickers a lot. Uh, like I said, we mentioned it already on some of the previous shows for DFS. Uh, I really, really do like them. And another play, I so I would play the over uh, to answer your question. I would play the over on field goals made for sure on the Bengals side, most likely still on the Rams side, probably end up with both of them. And then another play that's somewhat correlated to that that I really want to give, it's more of a defensive special teams play. I like the under six and a half punts in the game at plus 120. I like it coming back at plus money. I think six is a good number. I think it'll be less than seven here. I think it'll end up on six personally, but I love getting plus money here at under six and a half. The reason for that, both of these kickers are pretty good. We know McPherson definitely has the leg. You don't, when we're playing in a dome like this, right? You run into situations with weather and stuff all the time in the NFL, especially the later you get into the season. You don't deal with those issues in a controlled environment in a dome like this. I think we could see some longer field goal attempts in this game. Uh, the offensive efficiency is there. I think we see turnovers as well in this game. Uh, so I like the under on the punts because I, I think that if any either team gets up one way or the other. I also think we see teams, obviously there's nothing to lose by going for it in certain situations. Um, I like the under six and a half punts coming back at plus 120 currently. Uh, it's one of my favorite plays of the Super Bowl. All right, so uh, you are talking me into the kickers here. I'm in. I am in on Matt Gay over one and a half. I am in on Evan McPherson over one and a half field goals as well. See, how about we parlay these two together? You're getting that at plus 220. Now you're rooting for field goals on both sides, which is not really the most fun thing to do while watching the game, but I, I think it's pretty realistic. What do you think about that possibility? It's funny you should ask because as you guys were going through all of that, I was like, I want to bet both of these, but, but I, <laughs> I wanted to bet them individually. Um, I don't know. You know, I'm actually, believe it or not, I, I feel like I'm more confident in Matt Gay than I am Evan McPherson. And that has nothing to do with Evan McPherson being like, obviously, he's maybe one of the best kickers in the league. But I just, again, I feel like the Rams, both of these teams are very like fourth down averse. So like they are going to kick the ball uh, in, in those uh, kind of like fourth tweener situations. But I just feel like Matt Gay is going to be in a better position. He's probably going to have some more short fields. They're probably going to have a lead where it's just going to be that much easier to to basically maybe not call that 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 dangerous pass play on on third and medium or third and long, just run the ball and set up for the field goal. So I, I, I don't mind your play, but I think for me, I think I'd either bet them separately or I would just go ahead and take Matt Gay over one and a half. Or you could do all three. <laughs> you could bet them separately and then parlay them together as well. Mike, what do you think oh, about yeah. the parlay over one and a half for both of these guys? Plus 220. Is the juice worth the squeeze? I feel like that saying doesn't make sense here. But anyway, what do you think about the parlay? Uh, I like it. Uh, and again, I would add the under six and a half punts to that parlay if you if you think that as well. Because I think for them to both make one and a half plus, you know, make two field goals each, they're likely coming from 40 plus yards on at least one of them. Uh, personally. So situations where you could have seen punts. Um, yeah, I, I like it. I, I would play the under six and a half punts with it as well and really kind of get your money's worth on it because I do think those events are correlated. A hundred percent. I love that parlay, Mike. <laughs> I think that's fantastic. And for the record, if you hit that parlay, like just to be able to put that screenshot on Twitter, like you're the guy who bet like correlated all the field goal and punting props. It's almost worth the bet just for that reason. Oh, man. I probably will. <laughs> Let's do it. Uh, all in on the kickers here. Did you guys actually, since last week, did you actually put in 
more player props or, or things that you've actually taken? Because we gave out a few things last week on the end of that podcast. Uh, but d- is there anything that you guys actually added? I I've, I did mix in under 95 and a half. OBJ, longest reception over 22 and a half. Mike, you talked me into that one. Cooper Cup, I got at 102 and a half. I took the over there. Tyler Boyd, 39 and a half. I took the over last week. I was getting that at plus money. So I was pretty excited about Tyler Boyd. Um, I added one more. DraftKings was offering an odds boost on Cooper Cup to score a touchdown at plus 100. So I hopped on that as well. Uh, Sia, where are you at? Is there anything that you've actually played or maybe added since last week? The only thing I've added. So so one thing, as far as the mix-in play, I just want to say I, I did have over 26 and a half receiving yards. It's 25 and a half. Now, I don't hate that play by any means. Uh, it, it, I just don't know that I'm as confident about it as I was last week. So I'm just throwing that out there. If if you if somebody out there listening likes that play, you know, go for it. I, mean, I think Mixon is going to get some receptions in this game. But no, I'm still on Mixon under. I got that at 64 and a half. I still like it at 63 and a half, uh, even 62 and a half. So I like the under and his rushing yards there. I'm still on Ho- uh, Higgins over five and a half receptions at plus money, plus 100. I'm still on tentatively. I think you should wait for it. Cam Akers over 63 and a half rushing yards. And I have added some AJP Ryan over eight and a half receiving yards. All right. Eight and a half. And, and I will add Matt Gay over one and a half. Sorry. <laughs> let's, let's do it. The, the, uh, the DFS prop, uh, Parlay, rather. Let's let's do it all together, man. I, I'm, I'm about it. Let's make it happen. Mike, I know last week you were on Joe Mixon under total yards. Odell Beckham over the longest reception. Have you officially added anything else since we last spoke? Two more official plays. One of them I've already given today. Under six and a half total punts in the game, plus 120. Nice. And then Samaj Ryan over one and a half receptions. Comes back at even money. We need two catches out of Samaj Ryan. I think we get there. Um, somewhat fragile. He'll be on the field, but these are targets that are typically going to come under duress and not necessarily design plays to him. Uh, but I do like it at plus money uh, over one and a half receptions for Samaji Piran. All right, let's run through some of these novelty props, some some specials that I found over at Caesars as well, and then we'll get you our official game prediction. C has got some important stuff he's got to do. He's got to go hang out with the coach and the early edge, so we'll get him out of here shortly. But uh, the coin toss, mentioned it at the top, heads or tails. Obviously, there's... No skill whatsoever that goes into betting this. Uh, again, Tails is 29 and 26 all time. Heads has hit three of the past four. Do you guys actually bet this? I mean, is there any cir- circumstance where you where you actually do bet on this outside of, I don't know, just having fun with the game? No. I mean, <laughs> yeah, it's fun. But no, I mean, I'm not like looking at this as like a, a great opportunity to invest money and make money on this. So yeah, you're- <laughs> uh, the answer is no. How about so- you, see it? When I when I was betting many many years ago, I would bet it not for a significant amount. Of, well, more significant than it should have been, but it was just so like my friends and I could root like before the game even starts. We've already won a bet, and I, I know that's why people do it in the first place. But I would recommend rolling that money to something different. I mean, it's it's all well and good to bet on the coin toss, but you you have some information about literally every single other bet on the board, so you may as well use your money there. All right, how about first scoring play? We have LA touchdown at plus 150, Bengals touchdown at plus 210, LA field goal at plus 400, Bengals field goal at plus 400. And I don't know, Mike, maybe based on our love for the kickers here, um, could could have some value in, in betting on the field goals. Yeah, I like the uh, I like the field goal for sure. Um, I would consider just playing both of them at plus four hundred. I think the field goal is the first score of the game. Uh, I would shop around see if you could find a just a field goal and not you know field goal versus touchdown result. Um, if not, you can look at just the first drive of the game. I know that should be available. 
pick a field goal on that kind of thing rather than a punt, touchdown, turnover, whatever it may be. Uh, but yeah, I like that. And as far as back to the coin toss real quickly, as Sia said, you have information about literally every other event, including the length of the national anthem, things like that. Much better investment than betting on the coin toss. <laughs> All right. How about the outcome of the first drive for the Rams? Punt, minus 101. Offensive touchdown, plus 235. Field goal attempt, plus 400. Turnover, plus 575. And then for the Bengals, a punt is minus 135. Offensive touchdown, plus 340. Field goal attempt, plus 430. And turnover, plus 525. See, I feel like these are pretty hard to figure out. I mean, you're getting some pretty good juice. Uh, I mean, you're getting good value if you think that anything other than a punt is going to happen on the first drive. Do you actually believe that will happen? I believe I don't want to play anything like that. <laughs> I, uh, listen, so one thing we like to do on the early edges is do the first touchdown score. Like, give me, give me some of that money, and let me just like let me just throw it on, you know, a, whatever a, a Rams player at long odds, like a Van Jefferson, for example, for the Van Jefferson Memorial at plus 1800. Uh, do I think he's actually going to be the guy? I think T Higgins at plus 1200 is good for a first touchdown, by the way. But anyway, the answer is I'm just not really interested. Sorry. All right. Well, uh, let's take a look, a closer look at first touchdown scorer here. You guys mentioned the Van Jefferson Memorial. For those who don't know earlier in the season on the early edge, I believe it was Mike. I want to make sure I got this right. Mike, you called correctly Van Van Jefferson first touchdown in, I don't know, like week three or four, right? Or something like that? Correct, yes. And then the very next night, Sia did the same thing with yeah. someone different. That's, that's Tyson, awesome. Tyson Williams. <laughs> I, I'm old enough to remember when Tyson Williams was <laughs> Tyson Williams. All right, so do you guys see any value here on first touchdown score? Odell Beckham kind of stands out at plus 750. It's not great value. I think Sony Michelle, man, if if he can get a carry just down on the goal line plus two thousand, that's that's kind of interesting to me. Uh, see, what do you think? First uh, touchdown score. Yeah, you know, Sony's interesting. That is a really high number, actually, but I just don't see him getting the game early enough to get a first touchdown. But plus two thousand is great. I like T Higgins at plus twelve hundred. I think T Higgins is going to have a nice game. I think he's going to be a big safety net for Joe Burrow. I don't think CJ Uzama is really going to play very effectively. So I truly think the safety blanket is going to be T Higgins. Uh, so up, give me, give me T Higgins at plus 1200. I do think Van Jefferson is interesting as sort of the forgotten guy. I don't know that he's going to get a lot of run in this game, but you know, obviously the defenses are going to be paying a lot of attention to the two primary receivers. And Van Jefferson is a talented guy who was injured a few weeks ago. So there is a path for him to actually get in the end zone. Mike, how about you when it comes to the first touchdown scorer here in the Super Bowl? Yeah, I'm right there with him. I like Van Jefferson again in this one. I think that he's just totally forgotten in this spot. If Higby's you know out, not able to play, I think that that really gives him a little bit of a boost in the red zone. Uh, and then after that, I mean, look, if you want to get a little crazy, Samaje Pirine, 2,500, 3,000, um, I, I think it could be interesting. Again, we're projecting him to be involved, projecting him to be on the field more in passing situations. Um, yeah, I think he could do a lot worse than Samaje Pirine. There are a lot of fun crossover props as well for those who are fans of other sports. So if you want to get the NBA involved, they have Cooper Cup longest reception versus LeBron's points scored on February 12th. LeBron is averaging uh, 29 points per game for those that are wondering, but they've got a whole bunch of fun props like the Stafford yards uh, of first completion versus Russell Westbrook's assist. 
Joe Burrow's yards of longest completion versus Steph Curry's points plus rebounds plus assists on February 12th. The Rams' points scored versus Trey Young's points on Sunday, February 13th. I believe that's a 2 o'clock game against the Boston Celtics. And then Matt Stafford's pass attempts versus Jason Tatum's points plus rebounds uh, on the other side against the Atlanta Hawks earlier on Sunday. So if you want to have some fun with crossover props, they have like 20 of them over on Caesar. So make sure to go check those out. Mike, I don't know if there was anything uh, on these crossover props that maybe stood out to you, stood out to you here that I have listed. Uh, I mean, I'll take the cup longest reception versus LeBron points. Uh, cup is plus one and a half at minus 115. Uh, I will absolutely take that. We've seen a number of 30 plus yard receptions for Cooper Cup this year. I've seen a lot of LeBron James games, especially when he's having to do more rebounding and assisting. Uh, a 23 to 27 point game for LeBron could still end in a triple double and be a fantastic game. And Cooper Cup can have a 26 yard reception and win this bet. So yeah, I think that one's by far my favorite on the, uh, on the board here. All right. Well, the moment you've all been waiting for official game predictions, Super Bowl 56, the Bengals at the Rams again for the second year in a row, a team will be playing the Super Bowl on their home field. Last year, it was the Bucks in Tampa this year, the Rams in LA at SoFi stadium. The line opened up Rams minus three and a half and seeing it plus four and a half right now at Caesar Sportsbook. But if you do like the Rams, I've seen it minus four in some spots as well. See it. Where are you at? Official game prediction Rams versus Bengals. So this score is going to hurt the idea of both teams getting two field goals. Uh, but with that said, I like the Rams in, in a comfortable win, but not necessarily a blowout. Uh, 27 to 17 is going to be my final score here. Uh, again, that implicates uh, Gay for two field goals. I know it's just the field goal narrative here. Uh, Matt Gay for two field goals and Evan McPherson for one. But uh, I just I just don't think this line is is really big enough. I think the Bengals have really been getting away with a lot of stuff this year or lately in the last few games. And I don't think that's going to happen again. I think regression is in order. You know, I had a score in my head and now I'm trying to calculate, recalculate that score to make sure I get all the field goals in there. So <laughs> <laughs> I'm trying to figure it out here on the fly. Uh, Mike, how about you when it comes to the Rams versus the Bengals? We broke down the game last week more in depth, but everything that we looked at, it, it seems like the obvious matchup advantages favor the Los Angeles Rams on the other side, you have the Bengals who have a bunch of momentum on their side. Can they keep that going here in the Super Bowl? I think that's the biggest question. Yeah, I definitely think it's the biggest question. Um, this score, you might surprise a few, but I'll take the Rams 24, Bengals 13. That would get us our field goals for the Bengals, but not for the Rams. All right, so, man, I was going to say 24-20 Bengals. They win the game, but... Man, I, I'm 27, 20. Does I, that, that'll get it done? But uh, man, that's I don't I don't think that that's realistic. So I'll stick with my original prediction. I'm still betting the field goals. I like the field goals anyway. I'm gonna take the Bengals to win this game. I know everything says that the Rams are the better team in this spot. I think that there's more pressure on the Rams, and I really like how calm, cool, collected Joe Burrow has been throughout this entire process. Uh, and and I kind of feel like it's it's the Bengals' time, even though like they just arrived. So uh, I really like the Bengals here in the spot. I like them with the points. I'm going to sprinkle some on the money line. And if you're doing all that, it makes sense to bet Joe Burrow to win the MVP as well, which is something you mentioned last week, Sia. So my official prediction, the Bengals win this game 24-20. to 20. I'm the only one. I'm going out on a limb here. Uh, but 
I'm about it. Let's see. Let's see what happens here in uh, Super Bowl 56. We're going to wrap there. For Sia and Mike, I am Frank. Thank you all for listening and watching Fantasy Football Today at DFS. We'll be back again on Thursday to break down the entire showdown slate over on DraftKings. We will see you then. CBS Sunday, after the Equalizer. You collect rewards, right? This is how I make my living. It's the season finale. Everyone's looking for something. Of Tracker. You strong swimmer? So-so. So-so. So-so's okay. Justin Hartley stars. I survive. You make quick, smart decisions. If you never let panic take the wheel. Sounds cool. It is cool, actually. Very cool. Tracker, CBS season finale Sunday after the Equalizer on CBS and streaming on Paramount+.